Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 10 of No Wristbands We Drink for Free. This is Papa Novak with my main man, Mark Joyner, and we're excited to have Jimmy Tomasello on the show today. Jimmy T is a musician and guitar teacher extraordinaire and recently retired from the Old Town School of Folk Music. He's currently living in Amsterdam, and we're here to chat with him about his musical experience, the history of the Old Town School, and of course, the things he loves about Chicago. Let's do it. We are here with Jimmy T today. Uh, we're here to talk about all things Chicago music, as always. So, Jimmy, um, thank you first and foremost for joining us. Our first international guest. Yes, Jimmy's in Amsterdam right now. Yeah. Yeah. How are you doing today? Pretty damn good. We've been here um, a while, I think since the beginning of September. It's going to oh, wow. hang up on this nice. six-month thing. I just got a, a little visa card. Which is kind of exciting. <laughs> nice, congratulations! And, uh, yeah, I know. So, yeah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, we're you know, no plans for the you know total future, but be in the moment, and this is the moment here, and it's better to be in lockdown here or nice. dealing with this crap than uh, dealing with it over there. So it seems <laughs> probably true. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so let's talk for- about. Well, first, let, let's finish the introduction for the for, you know, for those who don't know, uh, Jimmy Tomasello, longtime teacher at the Old Town School of Folk Music, uh, recently retired last year. So he's moving on to the next phase. But, uh, you know, we wanted to to get back to talking with him about uh, his experiences at the Old Town, et cetera. So line it up, Mike, Mark. You got it, sir. Yep. So. Jimmy, uh, I was reading somewhere you said that you grew up listening to James Brown, Motown, Sly Stone. Uh, when did you decide that you wanted to have a career in music? How'd that happen? How'd that, that come about? Oh, that's a good one. Um, it was, um, well, I guess it was that movie about Hank Williams that with George Hamilton that really kicked me into the whole thing. And, and that made me think, oh, this is great. And I was kind of brought up with... Uh, with uh, Judy Garland and Tony Bennett around the house all the time. Not them, but they're recording. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be and then along cool came Hank Williams. And uh, yeah, that kind of got me interested, you know. So I trained and went to school to be, uh, to, uh, I was trained in philosophy. Actually, I wanted to go into pharmacology, but I wasn't very good at the sciences. <laughs> I wanted to go, you know psychopharmacology and, and stuff that that finally is, is getting some attention now, you know, the whole idea of psychedelics and therapy and all that. Uh-huh. It's way ahead of my time there, I guess. And I just wasn't, you know, I, I ended up not getting good grades because I started playing in a blues band and <laughs> would be away on the weekends, you know, driving down to moments and these little, basically these juke joints worked with uh, Eddie Clearwater for a while. <clears throat> Who was a you know Chicago blues uh, guy, the chief? That, so you just felt that, this. Lo- Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh no. I just felt like uh, that was uh, you know something worth pursuing and just being around music all the time. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, pl- playing, playing on my own, playing, playing in bands, working in record stores, you know, bartending in music clubs. Uh, whatever it you know paid the rent 
as long as there's some connection to the the notes. <laughs> and so how did you go about becoming a, a music teacher? How did how did that start? Oh, um, I got somebody pregnant and I thought I better start getting <laughs> making more money. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, that's that's what brought me back to the old town school. Yeah, I was I was teaching for uh, privately and I was teaching at a place called the Discovery Center um, back in the mid 80s. And then I went back to the old town school and said, hey, uh, I think I could teach here. I had worked in their music store for a while, but I was going through college and uh, uh, other times. So, I mean, I've had affiliations with the uh, Old Town School, I think, since 1973 or four. It's a long time. Hmm. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, so what's your first earliest interaction with Old Town? You were just like, I want to go buy some music. You want to take classes? Like, how did that, how did you hear about it? How um, did you first experience it? Well, I had heard about it, uh, and I think I actually remember passing it when it was uh, located on North Avenue, uh, because I used to go down to Old Town a lot with my father, and uh, the actual Old Town, which was Well Street, and where mm-hmm. you know you bring all the tourists, or you bring people from out of town. It's like, oh, we have to drive down Well Street. Look at the hippies and stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, this is you know before the. Uh, Democratic convention and all. Um, so I knew about it. And then in, in uh, high school, I saw Furry Lewis playing on the, uh, playing on a PBS special with uh, Leon Russell, which you can see on YouTube now. Uh, Furry Lewis, a uh, Memphis blues man with uh, a peg leg and, uh, or a wooden leg or something like that. Um, who was, he was just this, you know, amazing slide guitarist. And I thought, well, I got to learn how to play slide guitar. So I went there initially to uh, take some lessons in slide guitar, connected with a gentleman named Johnny Long, who was living with um, Homesick James, like a couple blocks away from the school on Armitage, back when, you know, people can get an apartment there for, you know, $70 a month or something. <laughs> Good um, old days. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> So he was living with Homestead James and this, uh, and yeah, somebody else, but I don't need to bring them up. Um, and um, yeah, he's still around. Johnny is. I, you could find him on Facebook. He's out in, uh, in Colorado. So he, you know, he he gave me a little slide for my pinky, and we worked on, you know, you got to lose, or you got to move that old song that the Stones then stole for um, sticking fingers. Yeah. So that was cool. And then hanging around there, I, I did some volunteer work and then someone, the, the manager of the store called me up one afternoon and said, Hey, we need somebody to work our store on a couple of shifts, you know? So I started working there back in the day when, you know, John Prine or Steve Goodman or people like that would pop in. Also all the locals or people who are in mm-hmm. town, to play uh, the Earl of Old Town, they would come to the Old Town Folklore Center, buy strings or whatever. I could drop names for Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's no. I, I sold a pick to uh, John Schofield when he was uh, when he was playing or he, some picks and maybe some strings too. Long, long time ago, and he was just playing a little place called the Bulls, which was on Lincoln Avenue. 
among many other folks, you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so then you transitioned to, to doing classes. Were you able to, to create your own course like class or were you like, okay, you're going to fill in on this class, that class or the other? Oh, good, good, good question. Yeah. I took some general classes back in the day and then I went off and started teaching on my own a little bit. Uh, and um, then the, the, when I went back to, to teach, they said, Hey, we're opening up a store because they'd, they'd closed the store. The store had closed. That was next door. Um, we're opening up a store. Will you manage it? Okay. So they gave me a budget. <laughs> they mm-hmm. gave me a budget of not too much money and a, and a wall of guitars from uh, Washburn Guitars. Who, you know, said, okay, yeah, here's a bunch of guitars. So you could start start your business that way. Yeah, I mean, and it was it was pretty penny ante stuff uh, at the time. We didn't have a lot of money, and uh, like, well, let's just try it. I remember I had a bunch of a box of my records in the center of the store. I was selling used records, hmm. um, and I and called my best buddy and said, "Hey, come on in here. I, I got a job for you." We started working there together, and uh, yeah, and then then it was like, "Hey, we need a teacher. Some somebody didn't show up." So I jumped in front of a class and uh, started teaching group lessons. Um, and I, I just love that. It's so much better than working in a music store, or, mm-hmm. you know, management and all that kind of thing. This must have been around 1988, about the time that uh, the pregnant uh, woman had <laughs> my, for, my son. <laughs> So I was happy to like manage the store and make a little salary and, and this and that. But the teaching was just, I just fell in love with that. Gave up the, uh, the management position. Um, now at some point said, Hey, I want to teach. Yeah. Now at some point in the, in the eighties, um, you know, they had serious financial problems. They had to lay people off. Um, there, there, there was a quote that, uh, you know, that they laid off a bunch of staff and like half of them volunteered to work for free. Cause you know, during the transition, cause they knew it was such a hard time for the old town. So was it, were, were you there for that part of it or, or was that before this or. Well, I, I was there before that. And then I, um, when I came back, they had just sort of gotten, uh, funding to, to redo the okay. Armitage location because originally that place was very dark and mm-hmm. there was just, you know, gates in the front because the neighborhood was, you know, full of uh, Latin Kings and uh, all kinds of gangs, uh-huh. and needle needles on the corners, and tacos that you could buy for 50 cents, uh-huh. little Mexican shops. It was in a very colorful neighborhood, but um, yeah. So all of a sudden, you know, it started to gentrify. And uh, I, I took that position to manage the store. So, yeah, but I, I know the people that volunteered, or, you know, worked mm-hmm. gratis for a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, is it so it sounds like, you know, you had this good connection with them that they'd be like, hey, Jimmy, we need help with this thing. We want to do this. Do you think that was like how Old Town just operated that time? Or were you like in good with certain people? Like, how did that work? Um. Good, good point. It was, it was very much uh, at the time. It was very much uh, 
you know, you're you're with us, and you're and everybody was very open and just kind of just go with it. And uh, I mean, it would, Chicago is, is an improv town, mm-hmm. and the Old Town School in Second City pretty much started at the same time. You know, within a, a couple of years of each other, there and within a couple of blocks of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, things were kind of like loose. It was very loose. It's like, yeah, great. You know, let's yeah. work. I was, you know, yeah. <laughs> did, did you prefer that style? Prefer it to uh, whatever is going on now, probably a little <laughs> bit. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, but I mean, that, the whole world was more like that too. Yeah. Then, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, that was um, the late 80s, early 90s. A pretty open sort of thing. And uh, you asked uh, about the uh, the classes. Yeah, I mean, then all of a sudden I was like, hey, let's do this kind of a class. Let's do a, uh, you know, a class of Rolling Stones music exclusively. And it wasn't just, you know, your basic guitar classes and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, banjo and this and that, but having kind of a kind of a, accepting the fact that pop music was folk music because it become folk music. And it always was. I mean, when the school started, you know, folk music was very popular. Right. The the Kingston trios and all that, those, uh, you know, shiny white guys, you know, Mm -hmm. shirts, (laughs) matching shirts. Yeah. That whole, that whole session was, uh, yeah, but it was, it's what people were listening to on the radio. The original songbook at the school had all these songs off of uh, the the radio, and you know I think they for years we had like blowing in the wind in our songbook, and then you know then the lawyers came in and said right. you know we probably can't get away with this much longer, and uh, so now you know we just went to the uh, traditional uh, what is it called public domain stuff, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um. So when it came to curriculum like you you're like hey i want to make a rolling stones class what was that approval process was there an approval process or are you just like hey, i'm gonna do this and i'm like cool hey go have fun good question um yeah let's try it let's put it up the flagpole see uh-huh. if it you know it blows you know it really blows and uh there was a lot of that <laughs> you know but i was uh i was kind of instrumental in, in in that that and a couple other guys started coming in and he's like, Hey, let's do this. Let's have mm-hmm. the Beatles ensemble. Let's, and of course the Bob Dylan ensemble where I met Tom yep. many years ago. Yep. Um, I think we started 1985 or something like that was, the, was the first class. We had a grateful dead ensemble. And, you know, since then all these different classes have come right. by and, you know, flavor of the week sort of band classes, like let's do it, you know, whoever, uh, class and it and as as I moved into the management thing, I was I've been pretty open to that, or you know, willing to try things mm-hmm. because uh, yeah, because people's tastes change all the time. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, like Old Town is in a, a very entrenched thing now, right? Like an entity. What? Yeah. Do you think uh, the the benefit of old town is like what got you so excited to work there and what kept you working there over the years? Um, the joy that people find in, um, in making music and, and, you know, being able to just make music themselves. 
it's, it's, yeah, I mean, seeing that joy in people's faces and experiencing that and the involvement that the people get in to, you know, put out a performance and this and that. Oh, it's, it was great. It is great. I mean, that's, that's kind of the whole idea. The whole idea that, you know, everybody's a, every, like Sly Stone said, everybody's a star. And, you know, it's not like, there's, the music is some magical thing that only certain people can do. But you know, anybody yeah. can get, get enough chords under their fingers and, you know, they're playing Louie Louie for their cousin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's cool. Like you're lowering <laughs> the barrier of entry into into making a, something creative. Yeah, and, 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 and creative or at least expression, you know? Yeah. And I think that people need that sort of, you know, art, they call it artistic expression, but just an expression that involves uh, time and mm-hmm. rhythm and, you know, whether it's music or dance. Even. Uh, why, why do you, oh, go obviously, obviously uh, you know, the teaching has always been the, main, the, the, the number one part of it. Um, uh, but nowadays, you know, they host lots of concerts that, you know, they got a beautiful 400 seat uh, auditorium, et cetera. Um, you know, Armitage has a little dinky stage. It, you know, did they always have shows that people would go see? Uh, has that always been a part of it? I, I think uh, the Armitage location started to uh, to have shows. There was a something a radio show called the Folk Stage, or I probably got this wrong. The Barnyard. I uh, know. I don't remember the exact thing, but there was a there was a, a weekly show that broadcast from the the school, and they mm-hmm. had concerts there in Armitage when I came back in the eighties. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Donovan and Richie Havens and Odetta and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill Monroe and all kinds of, you know, big names and a lot of, and it was, the school was kind of provided a stage for the locals too, mm-hmm. singer songwriters and, and all that. There were the infamous uh, all night parties where you would essentially have, you know, music going on until four or five in the morning. Oh, now we're talking. Let's hear more yeah. about this. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It was like two or three times a year. There was the, in October, there was one that, that celebrated, well, celebrated the uh, Chicago fire. And then there was a springtime one and probably one in the summer as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, th- you know, we'd have a stage. We have the main stage downstairs and then there was a stage upstairs. This is long before the uh, renovation. There was another kind of a concert hall where I took lessons there. Um, there was like, you know, 50 plus people taking a guitar lesson with mm-hmm. one teacher and a couple of uh, assistants. Um, so that held a lot of folks. And, you know, there were rooms where people could jam and things would just go on all night. Anybody who was in town would, you know, show up. Uh-huh. Wherever they were playing on the strip on uh, Lincoln Avenue or down on Wall Street or <clears throat> wherever, uh, they would show up and, you know, get a set, you know, do a 20-minute set or something like that. Um, we came around to, uh, when I got into the, um, management of the music store, we did a, uh, Woody Guthrie sort of tribute where we had a lots of people come in and do a Woody Guthrie song. This is a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like 80, 88, 87, 88. So teachers and other musicians in town tributing Woody Guthrie. And then we, we did a one for Bill Brunsey too. It was the first time that Buddy somebody somehow we got Buddy Guy in there. And it was the first time Buddy Guy had played an acoustic guitar since uh, 
the Newport Festival in the 60s. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah, I don't think the cameras were running. No, 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 no. we can't no find taping. that on YouTube. Probably not. No, it was more like, oh, Jimmy and Tony are going to do a show, you know, and they just let us do it. You know, uh-huh. boom. <laughs> uh, it seems um, like Old Town at a point was much more like I'm going to use the term loose, being like, hey, just kind of try and do whatever you want. Now it seems much more structured. Corporate. Um, yeah. When did you? F- do you feel that way or, and when did you, if you do, when do you feel like that change happened? Oh, wow. Um, you, you said the C word there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's, it just, you know, as things grow, you have to, there has to be more control. So I, I, I appreciated that and understand it as it, as it progressed. Um, Though, you know, there were times where you think, well, you know, we used to be able to do this. We used to be able to <laughs> do that. Sure. You know, but there, there was a more of an intimacy going on when there were, you know, 40 guitar teachers as opposed to 200 uh, teachers mm-hmm. of all, you know, genres mm-hmm. and music and, and types walking around and, you know, and students as well. I mean, we used to have um, these little three by five cards of sorts, maybe four by six cards. They were the blue cards and that's how you registered. And, you know, that's where your record was. And mm-hmm. that's how mm-hmm. payroll came from and everything else. <laughs> yeah. That sort of disappeared as uh, it's, it's a technology developed. I think, you know, yeah. Around, you know, as, as the Mac came in and, uh, and mm-hmm. all of that, mm-hmm. uh, it seemed like, and, and, you know, that's, that's possibly where that, mentality stems from is you know i can control so much more here we are on a computer folks yeah exactly the same screen that you bitches have been looking at all day you know and me too right uh-huh <laughs> so yeah i think that kind of that was part of that it wasn't like there was any sort of you know evil force was thinking oh we have to you know run this yeah, place with you know strictly you know there's no like, like oh clearly. we can do this now yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh, in the in, in the in the nineties, of course, they uh, you know they they opened the new place on Lincoln Avenue. Um, was that a great thing for you? I mean, it's it's a beautiful uh, facility, and uh, and and of course, we already talked about the great auditorium and everything. But you know, was everybody pretty excited about that? That was pretty exciting to, to move to the uh, the former library mm-hmm. and uh, and that and that old building. It was uh, it was pretty exciting though. It took, it's taken a while and I think it's still happening, uh, you know, getting the mojo in, in the building because mm-hmm. there's, there's a mojo and I don't, or whatever you guys want to call it at the Armitage building that mm-hmm. you cannot not deny I mean, you're just, when you're in there, something, you know, you could feel it. Mm-hmm. The walls are talking, the yeah. walls are singing. Mm-hmm. There's right? a lot of history you know? there. Yeah. The spirit of uh, Winstrocky and Stutz Turkle, mm-hmm. you know, all sorts of people. <clears throat> Yeah. In that location, the the library uh, transition was uh, slow, but it was uh, everybody was into it. Everybody was like, "Let's do this! You know, mm-hmm. let's make it happen." Uh, um, how? Did, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, no, no! I'm waiting for you guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, how did you feel when there was talk a couple years ago about closing the Armitage location? 
Oh, I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Yeah. Tell us oh, more. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I made some comment to some news person outside. I almost got fired. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whatever. I don't think I'll repeat it just, uh, just because, but um, yeah, I, I just thought that, Hey, you just, you can't lose that. You can't, you know, it would just be a sin. And we've lost so much in Chicago and right. everywhere else, mm-hmm. I guess. But, and it's like, well, there's so many condo buildings to go around, you know? Right. Right. And what else is that, <laughs> is that location good for? I mean, mm-hmm. what are you going to do with that? I mean, it used to be a, a, you know, German boarding house slash brothel. God knows when yeah. back in the uh, 20s and 30s and all. Yeah. And so, doing yeah, some of those was- parties. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I, you know, I mean, yep. you, you were certainly, you know, intimately involved in what was going on, but a lot of people seem to be caught unawares when the, when, whatever the board comes out and says, Hey, you know, we're going to sell that location. I mean, it wasn't like we're thinking about doing it. It was like, Hey, we're going to do this. And, and suddenly the, the big uproar starts, but, um, you know, I, I would assume a lot of people were taken aback with how they handled that. Yeah, it was, it was. The, uh, the way they played it was not uh, was not good. It was not good. Just yeah, it was. And I didn't really know it was. I mean, it was dropped one one morning or something at some meeting, and mm-hmm. there was a, you know there was a stack of um, <clears throat> press releases you know ready to go out. So it was like you know point made, and then I disappeared for uh, uh, like two or three weeks. I wasn't around for all those protests outside and everything i'd actually came here to uh, the old country uh-huh <laughs> for uh whatever it was about 10 days good timing on my part <laughs> you know it calmed, it calmed me down uh-huh my sicilian roots you know were you know i was furioso <laughs> um <laughs> uh, but yeah yeah why do you think it was so important to keep the armitage location well i mean you you have a place that's based on tradition and the idea of folk music is tradition and keeping things and remembering things. And so, you know, to get, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a pretty simple equation. You don't want to lose your, your roots and it, cause it's, cause we're talking about roots music here ultimately. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, um, it, it, it kind of makes sense that, um, you know, people that have been around it a long time, like yourself and, you know, Steve Levitt, Michael Miles, Bill Bricky, all those mm-hmm. guys, um, that it would be important to them. But it had to feel good to you that it turned out that it was important to a lot of other people, you know, that they rose up and said, hey, this isn't right. You know, this isn't what we want to do. And they came through and, and, and got it turned around. Oh, absolutely. Especially, I mean, people that weren't, you know getting paychecks from the school, mm-hmm, right. But, you know, just the folks who lived in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. all their men or all their women or council people or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, hold on. You know, so much is, uh, so much is there. And that, you know, what do we have in terms of, you know, history? It's like, let's, let's tear down the uh, Tribune building. For that. Right, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, Turning you don't want to get rid of that stuff. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. You know, we lost Charlie Trotters. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. If you turn on the Tribune Tower, you got to go take all those bricks and put them back where you took them from, right? Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so inside baseball, um, they have like pieces of the Coliseum there and the Great Wall of China and stuff. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, it was like, well, but Comiskey Park, that was, I know a couple of you guys are Sox fans. <laughs> Not on this so podcast. I'm, I'm, Not on this I'm podcast. A, <laughs> 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 um, yeah. I mean, you, you know, the way Comiskey Park or the Chicago Stadium was like, mm-hmm. well, let's build it bigger and better. And, well, yeah, but what about, yeah, Chicago Stadium? That was a beautiful place. So How many shows I've seen there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's What's the like, best show you, you saw know, there? Um, I was at both of the comeback tour opening nights for Bob, both nights. Damn. Bob Dylan in 1974 with the band. That, you know, unbelievable. Yeah. Man. Okay. Yeah. I heard that tour was so good they made an album out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wasn't that good, but it was exciting to go there. I mean, this is like the only way to get tickets, you had to like mail something at midnight. Mm-hmm. I went down That's to awesome. the, the major post, the big post office down on Van Buren or wherever, and dropped off my requests. That you know, at midnight, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean that you know, you just you know, there's there's history to be told and uh, and to be experienced, and I think it's important that uh, you know you have the, these physical things to look at, right? to walk in uh, feel in terms of the with, armitage yeah 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 with with the armitage situation and then the situation with the teachers contracts it seems like there's been like a lot of thrash in the past couple of years with old town is that something that has always existed and we just haven't known about it or is that like a newer thing um newer thing i think it's been more than a couple of years there's always yeah probably I mean, it, it's 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 pretty common for non-for-profits to have that sort of dichotomy of, uh, you know, the management and the board versus the, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the folks down there in the in the trenches. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if it's that new. It's just taken on, a, you know, a little more. Uh, it's taken on more noise because we have the, the Internet and, and all these. Yeah. Sure. Vehicles to uh, express things, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what would uh, you, you know? Yeah. We'll put an article in the reader there in 1994. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and everyone will know. Yeah, we'll get it. <laughs> uh, shout out to the reader. Uh, <laughs> yeah, please. I'm glad they're still around, though. Yeah. Come yeah. on. I love section three, that music section. I always rip through that. Oh boy, do you remember that? Yeah, I know. Like, all, where, where are you on Thursday at five o'clock? You're like, where's the closest one? You know, <laughs> when they'd come out and the guys would deliver it or whatever. It's like, yeah. Um, my dad, not to get off too much of a tangent, I grew up in the burbs. So my dad would always be like, anytime I was coming home, he'd be like, hey, get me a reader. All right. So he'd be like, yeah. he'd be like, in a search of the reader on my way out to the burbs. Uh, <laughs> So what do you think your biggest accomplishment is at Old Town? As you think about it as like a portion of your life, like what are you most proud of having contributed to that? Oh, that's a tough one. Wow. Um, what are some things? Let's go with that. What are yeah, some yeah. things you're most proud of from your time working there? Well, you know, letting people, you know, giving the okay to people to just try things. I think that was an important thing. Uh, bringing, bringing, pop music into the picture you know mm-hmm. just 
you know, was, there were there used to be teachers like, I will not teach a Beatles song. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and um, <laughs> right. And now that's like that's like folk music. Everybody knows those songs and that's what they yeah, want to learn. Sure, it doesn't, right. matter. doesn't matter how, you know, little kids, you know, seven years old or want to learn, you know, hook the pussy garden or whatever. Were those um, the same teachers who were pissed when Bob went electric? <laughs> <laughs> I think that crowd there there's still folks of that crowd. I don't think they're involved in the school too much, but uh, there are mm-hmm. a few of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you believe it? No. Um, yeah. Other thing. I mean, it just. I think the personal things that I've done for students, to me, would be the most important thing. And, and just you know, people saying, "Oh, wow, you were my first teacher. You were this and that." Or this is how I met my wife, and you know, your class, and you know, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Which is yeah, that's really you know, special. Something I'm going to put in my resume. I don't need a resume. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that, that, that those things really matter the most. The, the personal context that you yeah. make, and, yeah, and then the and the friendships and and bonds that I have with the, you know, a handful of people over the years, both musical and you know, philosophical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, are you still playing music? Oh yeah, yeah. I okay, mean, good. Haven't been killing it here, but yeah, we're, we're still playing. I was just watching something that uh, we did a show of uh, Dylan and the Dead at uh, Space last. Uh, oh, was that? maybe last summer? I think in uh, Evanston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love Space. Two two shows in one day. They were pretty much sold out. And, uh, yeah, you know. It, if the music's there, I'll, I'll play it. I'm not, mm-hmm. I haven't pr- pursued it too much here. Just kind of getting into uh, being away from it. It's, you know, sometimes you have to step away from yeah. all kinds of music. I mean, I, you know, I went a good two months here, barely picked up a guitar. Though I have three of them here. <laughs> <laughs> so what moves you to pick it back up? Like uh, you take some time away. When do you know, like, okay, I'm ready to, to pick the instrument up and let it move me again? Um, well, you know, missing the buzz of, of you know, playing because mm-hmm. uh, it, is, it is certainly a buzz, and uh, yeah, we're, we're looking to uh, write some more songs, you know, basically right now, kind of working on that. And we're hoping that once the weather gets better out here, I'm looking to uh, doing more busking or doing some busking oh. just like. You know, let's stand in this canal and uh, we're not yeah. in the canal, but we're this canal <laughs> and play that. Yeah. How, do you, how do you pick your spot? <laughs> well, apparently you can you can busk for up to a half hour uh, and then you have to move along to another spot. Interesting. Okay. So it's not, right. yeah. well, I haven't seen too much uh, being here in, in the uh, winter season, but um, yeah, the other day I saw this one bench and i was like man we got to go there do that <laughs> <laughs> it's a have, mental note right have you yeah. ha- had much of an opportunity to check out the amsterdam uh, music scene that hasn't been going on too much no i've mm-hmm. met a few musicians and mm-hmm. and uh there's a couple guys that i know who are here but i haven't picked up on them or nothing i've been i really got closed to close the book i just had to clear uh, clear the tubes for a while. Sure. Yep. 
it's a good feeling. Yep. Um, you know, I wish it on everyone that they get an opportunity in their life to just go mm-hmm. <laughs> empty, empty page. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, so you guys are into like, like the punk thing and stuff like that. Cause I was, I had some nice, um, wasn't it, then I get a, I from the, the few podcasts that I listened to, it seemed like there was kind of a alternative punk thing. Hey, we'll I, talk I, to anybody who wants to talk to us. Yeah. I love that music <laughs> though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, come on. Like that. yeah. Yep. I mean, that was my, uh, my, uh, Jesus years, you know, when I disappeared from the school there, <laughs> that's, you know, Two blocks around the corner from Armitage was a place called Amir Vapair, which was like the first, you know, punk uh, disco in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I worked at and lived a couple blocks away from was, you know, and, and started playing in bands and uh, punk bands and mm-hmm. new wave bands in that, in that area of the era of the 80s before coming back to the school. Was in a band called Clocks. Played around town a mm-hmm. lot in Burbs and things like that. And another band called uh, Logarithms, which was more of an arty band. We had a violinist and kind of mm. did stuff in odd time signatures and things like that. Um, yeah, I'm you know hoping to get together with some folks out here or wherever and you know doing another band situation. Sure. Is there like a is there like a Dutch equivalent of Old Town in Amsterdam? There are. There is a school here that. Long, long story. Uh, my uh, wife's father taught at years ago, and uh, it, it's somewhat like Old Town School. Mm-hmm. A little more to the, uh, on the book and on the notes and things like that, but it's sort of open to all ages and everybody can come in and learn how to play things and stuff. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and I've, I've kind of, I met those people a while ago and then uh, went to see them play. Somebody from that group played a few weeks ago, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. May, may venture over there and <laughs> give them some of that uh, authentic Chicago blues uh, background, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> Because you know them, them people out here in Europe, man, they love Chicago and the blues more than more than Chicago does. <laughs> yeah, right? Right. Chicago, it's a, just an excuse to drink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's go to well, both guys. Right. Yeah. I heard Kingston Mines is good. Yes, uh, Kingston so, Mines is good. <laughs> is so, it still uh, there? I don't know. It is. It is still there. Yeah. So what do you think the uh, future future of uh, old town looks like and and what sort of advice you know now that you're not uh you're not there anymore uh, what, what kind of advice would you give them as far as direction oh uh you know what would i say that's a good question you're going to edit this stall out here <laughs> <laughs> i hope you guys do some editing Jesus. um mm. I don't know. Just, you know, keep it in the moment is really what what I think that's why people want to play music. That's why people go to the school, because it brings them to the moment. And there you are in this moment and you are, you know, trying to get to that B minor chord, at, you know, the second measure of the bridge, you know, and, um, you know, more so than, you know, trying to see into the future and blah, blah, blah. What is our uh, 
what is uh, <clears throat> what is the goal of this or that? You know, mm-hmm. Just keeping things into the mo- in the moment because that's ugh, that's all there really is, folks. <laughs> well, I know. Um, <laughs> You know, when yeah. I, when I would take classes, you know, one of the, obviously, yeah, I wanted to learn some things, but one of the main things I wanted to do was I wanted to meet some like-minded people, you know, that, that enjoyed right, yeah. the kind of music that I liked and that I could hang with and, and do stuff with. And, and that was a, that was a huge part of it. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that's, that's, you know, billions of stories of you know people have gotten together mm-hmm. you know, romantically or families that have started and then coming you know coming back their kids coming back with their kids and and all sorts of things you know mm-hmm. um it, it, it's a community it's it's a it's let's get this straight here folks it's a vehicle for community right you know, and, and old town school has to maintain that you know, yep. it's not just not a service. It's not uh, right. Yeah. yeah. You can get a guitar lesson anywhere. Mm-hmm. You certainly can. Yeah. 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 I don't even uh, have to leave my basement. <laughs> right. You know, come on. What do you, you know, get to deal with parking and things like that. You got to, <laughs> there's something else that's going on that uh, you don't want to lose. And of course right. that go, that, that stuff is coming from the teachers. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's mm-hmm. facilitated by, uh, you know, management and, and everything else, but it's, it's coming from the teachers. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you a question. Somebody spent a lot of time there. What do you think the future of old town is and what should it be? Didn't I just answer that? No. no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, what, it, you know, what it could be, what it should be. I, you know, I'm, I'm not one to say. Um, cause we don't know where, you know, anything might be going, but, um, the future, I have to say it again. I just keep it in, keep it in the moment, make it about the music. Mm-hmm. It's about the song. It's about, uh, it's about that, you know, and it's about, in terms of the concerts, it's about that experience that you have in a, in a concert hall mm-hmm. with a bunch of people yeah. that are, you know, you know, knowing that this is the only time that this is going to mm-hmm. happen just like right. this is uh, yeah. that that's enough. That's really yeah. enough. You don't have to manipulate that at all. Just mm-hmm. Yeah. Let it, let it flow. <laughs> so we're going to ask you some Chicago questions now. Okay. Not that we haven't been talking about Chicago, but right. <laughs> uh, these, are, these are like rapid fire. So you can add as much or as little context to them as you want. Uh, thick, like deep dish pizza or thin crust pizza. What is your preference? Yeah, thin crust. Yeah. Okay. Well, only because I prefer New York pizza anyway. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, yeah. What's your favorite place to get thin in Chicago? Um, ooh. Ooh. When my son comes uh, to town, that's my favorite pizza. He's, he, <laughs> he can cook for pizzas. He works at, uh, he worked at John and Vinny's in LA and he's at some other place now. He's a good uh, pizza guy. But uh, mm-hmm. to answer your question, seriously, um, then in Chicago, uh, Chicago pizza. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very yeah. cool. Uh, what's your favorite venue in Chicago? to, to if Maybe it's different from playing versus seeing a show. Uh, are they different? Uh, space. Space is the mm-hmm. place, as, as Sun Ra said. 
Yeah. I mean, it's a great place as a musician to play. I mean, it's like, it's a difference between the uh, motel six and uh, the Ritz. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just a wonderful, wonderful room. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm going there tonight. Yeah. Oh, wow. Who's you seeing? Uh, Corey Brannon. Mm-hmm. Don't know that character, but yeah, I'm sure it's going to be a quality show. They're sound yeah. amazing. I mean, the sound men in town are, are the, the great sound men. And uh, second, second in line would be Martyrs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially if I could sneak in a, a half pint. You don't have to pay <laughs> the prices for the drinks. But... <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, Coke, please. When uh, when I was playing with uh, Eddie Clearwater, you could you get a setup down on the south side, and you you know you would get. A half, uh, half a pint of VO and a can of Coke from the bar, and then you uh-huh. just take it to your table, and you know you drink it at your own leisure. Uh-huh. Hopefully, you only do that once or twice during the night. But, um, <laughs> 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 don't uh-huh. even remember those places, though. Well, that was it. Can I mention the Group Pushers, please? Another yeah. group that I I played in for like twelve years was mm-hmm. called the Group Pushers, and this. Uh, bunch of great uh, cats, um, mostly from the South Side, uh, that took me in uh, to play uh, rock and guitar with them. And uh, it's kind of a P-Funk cover band. Played a lot of rooms uh, during the 90s in Chicago. Uh-huh. Um, there's that place on the corner of, uh, no longer there. But uh, what was it, the Double Door? Then there was another place on the corner. Mm-hmm. It's something to do with Cherry or something like that, but... We used to play that ro- uh, that area a lot, mm-hmm. on the north side, and then on the south side too. The Groove Pushers. I got to try to get some of their music on. Uh, half of them are dead now, I'm afraid. <laughs> um, yeah, but I'll try to get some of their music on YouTube. It's one of the mm-hmm. things I'm going to do. Awesome. Because if you hear this stuff, it's like, which just you know, you could smell it through the computer. <laughs> it's just funkier awesome. than hell, man. Funkiest stuff ever. Right. So um, you dip your toes in a lot of different musical variety of genres. Do you like left to your own devices? What are you going to play? Like what's your preferred genre when um, you're playing guitar? Yeah. Yeah. I, I like uh, the funk a lot. If there's, if I could play it with other people, it's hard to kind of just, you know, do the whole groove on your <laughs> mm-hmm. own. Sure. So, uh, yeah. If I'm left on my own, or, you know, singer songwriter stuff, mm-hmm. I, I appreciate a lot of it, you know, I, I love, I love the Bob more than mm-hmm. most people. Yep. And, yeah. He's uh, okay. He's okay. Yeah. He's okay. And he just keeps going. And that's, yeah. that's a real, uh, you know, it's like, so we're, this is how you get old folks. Yeah. He's sort of showing us like, keep doing what you love and you'll, you'll be okay. He, he um, might be able to make a career out of it. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, Mike and I just saw him a couple months ago. At, oh in Chicago. yeah, I heard, and it was the, it was unbelievable. Was it? Yeah, I have, I have a yeah. copy of that show. Yeah, oh, it's mm-hmm. wonderful, man. Yeah, all, those, all and, the new songs. I mean, the yeah. new songs and the new band. I mean, he's got two two guys in the band. That are- and and the crazy Ooh. thing is, not to get too sidetracked, but the crazy thing is that like he's already reworking these songs that that just came out, right? So like, yeah, you know, uh-huh. already, <laughs> already sounded like way different than it did on the album, and it sounded even better. Like I was just like. <laughs> completely captivated by all of that. Uh, yeah i mean that's what i mean about keeping it in the moment you know mm-hmm. it's like 
Mm-hmm. This is this is the new. This is the one to do. You know, it's like yeah. Mm-hmm. No doubt. More Chicago questions. Ernie yeah. Banks. <laughs> We're skipping that. No, he's a great guy. Great guy. Hell of a baseball player. Uh, what do you think makes Chicago unique as a music scene? You know, the people who say that about the Old Town School really couldn't happen anywhere else just because of the diversity of the city, I think, makes makes that happen. The idea of all these different you know, mm-hmm. nationalities and groups. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, and again, I think that's what makes it the scene that it is. Also, the scene that it's not like there's a scene. There's not really a Chicago scene the way that yeah. you have your Seattle or your, you know, Memphis or whatever. You know, it's it's very uh, it's all over the place. Like myself and my own taste. You know, it's just mm-hmm. something for everyone. I like oh, that. it's like uh, it's like a bunch of guys from the south side taking Jimmy T in to play guitar in their band, you know. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's uh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so aside from when you were selling records of your own at Old Town, what's your your favorite record store in Chicago? Or if it's not around anymore, what was it? What was it? Well, I worked at I worked at the Record Exchange. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gary's record stands. He was on Clark Street. When I worked on Clark Street, Al Jorgensen worked there and mm, uh, mm-hmm. some other folks. Um, and then he had a place in, on Morris and then another place. And then he moved it over to uh, Belmont. That was always fun stuff. I worked a lot of those huge record stores. Mm-hmm. The other guy had one in on, uh, in Hyde Park. He used to have to take the L. <laughs> sit in a record store listen to records you know and maybe six people would show up uh-huh. during the whole shift um i, I liked um was it reckless i had a, I, I sold mm-hmm. reckless all my uh not all of my albums but you know mm-hmm. a good about about nine boxes of oh, wow. albums those guys came over and we had a mm-hmm. great time i think kip shout to kip you okay. should have him in, man. He knows he knows his stuff. All right. Who else was I thinking? You guys should have knows a lot about Chicago. Oh, he'll come back to me. Um, yeah, the, it's the record exchange. I don't know this whole research. Joe, Joe at uh, at uh, Groovin, Groovin High. Mm-hmm. He he worked at the uh, the record exchange with me too. Mm-hmm. That's a great shop. I haven't seen him in a long time, but. Yeah, that's what that's what comes to mind. But I miss Tower Records more than Jesus. <laughs> oh, oh, come yeah. on. Come Down there on, on a, that was, a Clark, right? Yeah. I mean, that yep. was, a, you know, a great date. It's like, hey, what do yeah, you right. do? let's go to Tower Records. Yeah. Let's yeah, smoke a dude spend... and go to Tower. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a lot of that going around. There's a lot of record stores out, out here, it seems. Cool. All real small and all, mm-hmm. you know, used and mm-hmm. overpriced. Like, my yeah. God. Yeah. yeah, I think there's a little bit of a resurgence in Chicago, um, you know, with, with vinyl coming back. So, yeah, yeah. CD sales were up for the first time in like 20 years this past year, too. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's coming back. CD? Now too. CDs? Really? <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so what have you been listening to lately? Anything good? Um, Sonata number three for piano or piano and uh violin 
I listen to that. I like uh-huh. that a lot. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, I got I got a hint on that from uh, some desert island discs uh, show on the BBC. They were talking to uh, this guy Simon Shama, who's a sort of an art and history freak. Um, so he turned me onto that. Uh, what else? I'll just I listen to anything that comes up, you know. Mm-hmm. I like, like live shows, I think, more than mm-hmm. anything. You know, I'm a kind of a, mm-hmm. my wife is freaked out by how many bootlegs I have <laughs> on iTunes. It's like, well, you're never going to listen to all those. You're never uh-huh. going to listen to all those. Yeah. Yeah, probably not, but they're there. <laughs> if I get that mood, <laughs> I want to hear that. I want to hear that Terrapin from, you know, 77. It's, it's mine. And I get it. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, aside from Bob, uh, w- w- what other artists' uh, live shows do you uh, like collecting? Uh, I love Graham Parker. Really? Graham Parker is always in the moment. Yeah, he's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I like the new Costello album, too. I was I was impressed. Yeah, that got good Rocking. reviews. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we both like... Uh, my, I went my wife because she's a Springsteen fan. She, she came from Amsterdam to uh, see Bruce in New Jersey. It's a lot Homeland. of story. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and, uh, and then she spent a, a month in Chicago and that's where I met her. Wow. Boom. It was crazy. Nice. Uh, so we love the Bruce, no doubt. Uh-huh. So I don't know what, what's going on lately with him. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm open to new things when they pop up, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. You know, senior moments, I don't really remember. <laughs> who, who did I like? You know, and, and I listen yeah. to way too much jazz, too. So, okay. It's so, kind of like keeps me active. We have this uh, segment on our on our website called Dig In, where uh, we have we write about upcoming shows, uh, new releases, and then some like a section called Uncovered. It's about like, uh, you know, something that maybe you missed in the past. So, what would be like an uncovered like Chicago band or album that we should be like, maybe it's not on people's radar that should be. Well, um, Steve Dawson, who I know through the school and uh, have been friends with and played with and everything is an amazing, amazing songwriter and uh, mm-hmm. the voice of an angel and uh, anything of his is just great. Um, mm-hmm. Let me try to remember um yeah again he, he's really very uh he just, he, he's putting out stuff all the time so it's just hard to remember was it this band was it dolly varden or was it this band where they had some jazz guys playing with them or mm-hmm. this other thing just steve dawson amazing if, if okay. people don't know him yeah yeah it's awesome thank you yeah uh, our last question for you, and first of all, I want to say thank you again for taking the time yep. to talk oh, today. Yep. Uh, yeah. this, is, this is my favorite question to ask people. Uh, what's your favorite cheap drink? Doesn't have to be booze, but it can be if you want. Mine mm-hmm. is like PBR or Rolling Rock. Really been feeling those lately. Uh, what's yours? <sighs> Mickey's Big Mouth. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Mickey's Big Mouth got the riddle underneath, man. That, uh-huh. that you take the flip top and then there's a riddle. It's sort of like, it's sort of like the game concentration, you know? Mm-hmm. So you just have these images and you have to figure out what is it, you know, that they're saying, you know, it's great. Find some Mickey's, but good luck. Up on the yeah, north yeah. Side. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, 
damn. I mean, I know one place. I ain't going to give it away because then they'll be all gone. <laughs> <laughs> what what got you started on Mickey Mickey's Big Mouths? Um, Mickey Rooney, of course. No. Um, <laughs> Mickey Mantle. Yeah, I, I Mickey like Mantle. Beer. Mickey, yeah. No, it was just it was just like the, you know, the barrel, the feel of it. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm around so much good beer now. It, you know, it's ridiculous to sure. even think of that. And nor would I have a desire for it, but it's a good cheap drink. Yeah, yeah. 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 You still <laughs> pull a, a six pack for, you know, maybe four bucks. Uh huh. Steal the deal. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Maybe you find some now. Uh, I'm going to start asking for it at, at bars. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's a, it's a malt liquor, right? So, yeah. Is it a malt liquor? I think it is. I think yes, it is. It is. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, I've always wanted to have a, a open up a bar, maybe out here in Amsterdam, uh-huh. where you just have malt, malt liquor and per, pork rinds. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you serve. Uh, You're like, come on in. We're just gonna have some malt liquor and some pork rinds. Mm-hmm. Mm, maybe some dipping sauce. You know. <laughs> oh, I have a regular old sauce library. Yeah, I like yeah. it. <laughs> Uh, well, is there anything you'd like to, to plug on your way out of here? Anything that you're, if you're working on any album music you want to talk about on your way out or do you, or do you want to tell all your friends when you're going to be back in Chicago? Yeah. Uh, you said half past never. No, no, no. We're, we're, we're passing through. I got to go see my son in LA and I'm going to stop in Chicago probably in the spring. Mm-hmm. Um, good. My, my best friend, Steve Levitt is turning, uh, 70. And, Whoa. Uh, Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to, you know, make sure I give him a couple hugs mm-hmm. before that, you know, yeah, just, you know, I would just say, um, keep playing. You got everybody, you know, anybody who knows me just say, mm-hmm. just keep playing, you know, doing what you're doing. Come on. It's only getting better every day. Like if you just keep doing it, it just gets better. Love it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, it, well if thank you, you. If you come back for Steve's uh, birthday, uh, let me know and I'll uh, buy you a Mickey's big mouth. Oh, come on. Yeah. I want to that. <laughs> and some pork rinds. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Straight. All right. Have a great day, Jimmy. Yep. Thank you Thanks so much. guys. Thanks for yeah, coming take on. Care. Good to see you. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening today. We are no wristbands. We drink for free. Music, of course, has been provided by Merlin Wall. Please check them out on Spotify or on Bandcamp. Please also subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at no wristbands and check out our website at no wristbands.com. 